Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Bob Varsha, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. All right, gearheads, welcome to the show. We just watched the 2023 Formula One Hungarian Grand Prix at the Hungaroring in Budapest. This is John Massigill in the studio in Austin, Texas, joined by my friend Jonathan Green in the studio and Mr. Bob Varsha from the Bob Varsha headquarters studio in Atlanta. Varshland. Varshland. World headquarters. The world headquarters, yes. <laughs> uh, well, boys, um, not a ton of, not the most exciting Formula One race. Really? Uh, but, no. But it was a race. It was a race. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. And my wife sitting next to me on the couch watching it at one point said, this is really interesting. Oh, good. All right. There is not. I've only I just... been doing it since 1987. Really. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, she's that tells fine. You how much she watches. There's hope for your marriage then because the things are really, she's really taking an interest in what you're doing. This is good. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> it has to be something, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I love that expression on Mr. Varsha's face. That was great. That was classic. Classic. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't. A, it wasn't. It wasn't a classic. Um, but I mean, obviously, it was very intriguing, as you say. There was a lot of strategy at play. Uh, some, some of which we didn't kind of expect. Yeah. Um, and you know, we have to pause. We we t- we talk about the uh, we talk about the 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 dominance of Red Bull, right, and all of that. But we still think that that this is history. That we're watching history. Oh, there's no question. Uh, there's no yeah. question at all. Um, when you really look at the n- the numbers and the figures. Yeah, um, you're you watching know, 12, 12 wins in a row. Um, and, and Bob, you can remember when McLaren did that 88 thing. And, um, sure. you know, it, 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 I remember thinking at the time, wow, are these guys so much better? And, you know, Ron Dennis was at the height of his powers. And, you know, it, it, it just was the, the red and white was the only thing going. And, yeah. you know, now. Red Bull are in that ascendancy. And we we forget, you right. know, uh, Mercedes were doing this. I think the difference with Mercedes, and it might come to be if Perez keeps his foot in, um, but the difference with Mercedes is that Rosberg, each and every weekend, always had a chance of beating Hamilton, you thought. Right. And, of course, finally did it um, when they swapped engineers and all the rest of it. But the point was, he kept us alive, whereas at the moment, Verstappen's on his own. Perez, you know, does a good job of cleaning up his mess, um, to be fair, um, <laughs> each and every weekend, because, again, he's on the podium after what was, you know, look at that first lap on Friday. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Perez, uh, he needed this weekend badly. Big time. He did, and he got it. Um, you know, this is, and, and you know, I go yakking on about it all the time. This is the essence of Formula One. Mm. You build your race car. Nobody else does that. NASCAR, IndyCar, you name it. They buy a chassis made by a constructor, even in the World Endurance Championship. Toyota's chassis are made by Orica. You know, yeah. And, you know, you make it as quick as you possibly can, and sometimes you get it wrong, um, and sometimes you have a world-beating generational talent behind the wheel, and those are very hard to find, which explains why we often see reasonable gaps. Uh, you mentioned McLaren back in 1988 when they won 15 of 16 races. Yep. You had arguably the two best drivers in the series, yes, and Alain did. Prost and Ayrton Senna. Mm-hmm. And both will go down in history as among the greatest of all time. So that was that was a perfect moment. That was the eye of the storm. And they hated um, each other. You know, 
<laughs> and they hated each other. Yeah, that rivalry went crazy. And it would have done so earlier if Ron Dennis weren't so good at managing the temperament uh, of his drivers. Um, but I, and I thought it was a fascinating race. We said it would be um, dependent on the pits. And look at those pit stops. Yeah. Uh, 1.9 second stop for that, Red Bull. That was amazing. Graphic. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. the McLarens, we said, have been fast. The McLarens were all 2.1, 2.2. Did very, very well to keep their guys in the race. Obviously, they don't have quite what they need. The Ferraris um, went early in the race when Sainz was chasing Leclerc, and Leclerc was on the harder tire. Sainz had the soft reds, the idea being to get as far up the, the, uh, the queue as he could before making his pit stop. Science would not get within 15 car lengths of his rival. And that told me, I could be wrong, but I thought that meant the Ferraris are very bad in traffic when the, uh, you know, the roiled air, the turbulence of the car ahead makes it very difficult to get close. So Science was asking them, you know, let me get by and do what I can. Martin Brundle was, was really um, intrigued, let's say, by the idea that Ferrari didn't say, hey, let Sainz go by and yeah. see how far up the grid he can get. That, get out uh, of the way. Again, that surprised me. Again, tactically, you know, a 9.4 mm -hmm. second stop for Leclerc. Then he blows it by by locking up the wheels, going too fast to pit yeah. lane. You know, so right. he, he can't really shout at the team on that one. Um, but you're right. I mean, that was early, early on. Sainz was on the softer tyre, and he should have really just blasted past, uh, as team orders would allow. Uh, and Ma yeah. Martin, as you say, said, yeah, don't worry, we'll give it back later in the, in the, in the you know, in the race. Yeah, uh, you've, you've got to feel bad for, for poor old Alpine, who uh. are plummeting down the charts now in the Constructors' Championship, as well as the drivers. And it wasn't entirely their fault. Poor Ocon gets hit up the back and he winds up taking out his teammate. And Have we heard uh, about his injury yet? I mean, I say injury. Yeah, they, they see the seat well, broke. And he went to the medical center. Have you heard any more? Uh, no. No, not that I know of. We heard, he, he hurt his back. I haven't seen anything from the team on the social media. You know, that's back-to-back um, -back DNFs for Alpine? Yeah. Yes, double DNFs. Double yeah. DNFs, plus they fired their CEO. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Rossi. Um, which is, mm, yeah. That's well, interesting. And that's you interesting know, about the, the comments. Suits. Remember all the comments the that he made that getting involved. Yeah, yeah. that he made that fired he up the team. the team. Yep. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Bob. <laughs> that totally backfired. Um, yeah, it's tough. They had, good thing they didn't go to our our old friend Otmar Zafbauer, the team principal, on the pit wall because I think he was probably on suicide watch at that point. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's a typical race. Some people triumph. Some people, you know, suffer tragedy. <laughs> Um, you know, in a motor racing sense, I, I think, what, uh, and it was tough. Yeah, I think what's interesting is how Verstappen's radio right at the end of the race. I don't know if you noticed, but he 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 was gushing about just. He said, "I so enjoyed that last." And mm -hmm. I mean, you know, racing drivers, <laughs> you know, generally speaking, are pretty whiny. Um, and yeah, okay, but it just feels as though he is in the zone, and the and the tools he's got to do his job are just luxurious uh, in terms yeah. of, of, of stress. Uh, he's not you making mistakes. Late in the race, his engineer, you know, it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like a couple on a summer vacation going down the interstate. Yeah. The engineer oh, just yeah. kind of looks over and says, yeah. how's everything? The driver says, all good. Yep, amazing. <laughs> that one. It's almost like he was checking he was awake. Is really? It, you're right. I mean, you're right, mate. Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's like it's... late night driving. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you feeling <laughs> sleepy? Yeah. <laughs> And you know, conspiracy theorists are going to say, "Oh well, you know, they're 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 building the car around Max Verstappen, and it's hurting Sergio Perez." Maybe, <laughs> but isn't it what you want to do? You've got a generational talent, as I said earlier. Give him everything he needs, and if that means number two has to live with something maybe he's not comfortable with, too bad. You yeah, know? and I have no problem with that whatsoever because yeah. come the day, come the hour, Mercedes and McLaren and, and, and McLaren proved it again today, uh, a completely different track. Uh, and if they're competitive again next week, you know, you need one of those cars with Verstappen to be ahead of those McLarens and Mercedes because they're going to come and they're going to come fast and don't count out, you know, a return of Aston Martin as well. Uh, I think this slower circuit, um, you know, and just the, the, the nuances of it just weren't suited to the Aston Martin or the Williams today. Um, and I just, you know, like you say, you, you, you absolutely, you prepare for the day when the competition's coming and you certainly build the car around the guy who's faster. Mm. Absolutely. Um, well, speaking of the rest of the grid, let me, let me just run down the grid. Of course, Max Verstappen sure. wins the race. 
with a gap of 33.7 seconds over Lando Norris, who made it interesting with Checo Perez behind him in third, followed by Lewis Hamilton, Oscar Piastri in fifth, and George Russell, and then Charles Leclerc, who, of course, will be in seventh, who will end up with that five-second penalty, followed by uh, Carlos Sainz, Fernando Alonso in ninth, his teammate Lance Stroll in tenth. Good for Lance Stroll to catch up to his teammate there. Alex Albon in eleventh. Botas Ricardo finishing thirteenth, well ahead of his teammate. And Hulkenberg in fourteenth. Yuki Tsunoda, Joe Guan Yu in sixteenth. Kevin Magnussen, the last of the running cars. And then Logan Sargent, who had a late spin um, with just a couple laps to go, retired his car. And then, of course, the two Alpines, Ocon and Gasly, both retired early on in the race. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there was the um, and what about that that speeding with Leclerc, Jonathan? Did we ever decide when all that took place? Because in my head, I was thinking, did was he distracted by that strange radio message that uh, Ferrari sent Leclerc right in the middle of the race, where it said they were saying we'll take care of it at the end? What was what were oh, they? Oh, that saying? was before that. No, that it was before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But basically, they he got on the radio and said to them. Are we stopping? Right. It didn't say the number of stops, but are we stopping? And they said we we are sorting it. We are sorting it. We we'll, don't know. We'll tell you at the end. And he goes, "What do you mean the end?" And and it, it was just bad sort of Italian English sort of thing. Right. And yeah. Um. What they meant was that I, I think what they really meant was they hadn't decided yet, and they certainly yeah. weren't going to let the competition know what they decided. So, but Leclerc was like genuinely miffed and saying, "What are you talking about? I, I, you know, are we stopping or are we yeah. stopping?" Is that when the uh, the engineer or somebody said leave it alone or something like that? You know, don't don't press. Yeah, don't, uh, yeah. I think essentially don't keep bugging us. Just drive the car. Kind of. And then yeah. yeah, he came in for his pit stop uh, and then speeded in the pit lane. You saw him lock up the left front um, and that and then was given a five second penalty before it. But then he added his own woes because they took time getting one of the wheels on and it was nine point four seconds. Uh. Yeah, yeah, 9.4 where we saw the 1.9. We saw so many low twos. What was that, Jonathan? I just want to tell our American friends, our viewers, that there's a documentary on, but I'm sure it'll be repeated, but it's about Jackie Stewart. I saw um, this, yeah. And yeah, and it's it's about his life. And uh, I think uh, it'll be well worth a watch, a documentary on the three-time oh, yeah. world champion, Jackie Stewart. Amazing, <laughs> yeah. amazing if man. Read, if you've read any of his books, he's written two or three. Um, yeah, it is an amazing career. Uh, and uh, one of the most fascinating parts to me, having worked with the guy calling a race in Monaco back in 91, um, he is incredibly dyslexic. Yep. Doesn't read well. He has to write his own sort of script that only he can read. Um, he was once a crack shooter, one of the top yes, Olympic uh, skeet shooters in the world, missed out on the British Olympic team for games. He had not missed in a, you know, in a, in a, in a blue moon but when it mattered most he missed and failed to make the team and he said he learned more from that experience than virtually anything else he did in his athletic career so he's a fascinating guy in so many ways yeah now trying to raise money to uh fight dementia which his wife helen suffers from um yeah quite a guy and also when you look at the period he was involved in motor racing and how he played a role in changing it. Um, it yes. was a very dangerous time, you know. Um, the 70s was probably the worst attrition rate. Um, you know, I remember mm -hmm. talking to Brian Redman about this, you know, each week and every week, you didn't get too close. Uh, you went and partied yeah. Sunday night, but you didn't become best friends because you knew down well that there was a possibility that that guy may not be uh, at the bar the following Sunday night. Right. And that was the yeah. time of Jackie Stewart. And he said, no, I'm, I'm, I, I don't accept that. Um, yes. And, and it's, it's unacceptable. And I know motorsport is dangerous, but we've got to work to make it better. And he yes, solely, literally, uh, <clears throat> was the man that, that said, we, we must make these things safer. And then on from yeah. him, Michael Schumacher and, 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 you know, the GPA or whatever it's called continues today. And now the safety of, the, of all motorsports is just oh, it's phenomenal. incredible. Yeah. Thanks, thanks yes. to Jackie. It's, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And, the, and it's worth noting that he took an incredible amount of flack for it. Yes. His fellow drivers were calling him a coward because he didn't want to go out and race. Um, but he, he realized, you know, it, he said once in the late 60s when he won his first world championships, he said, you know, you knew that one in three drivers around you was going to be dead by the end of the season. At yeah. some point, uh, yeah. it was that brutal. And David Hobbs, Derek Bell, and all the time I spent talking with guys like that, one of the one of the subjects that always comes up when you talk about the old days was they were so happy to survive that era. Mm. Yeah, they all did great things, but they know every bit how dangerous it was. Yeah, uh, amazing. Uh, definitely worth a watch. And like you say, read the books as well. Yeah.
And, you know, I think of the safety and the reliability. Those were such big things back in the day. And you and I were talking during the race today, Jonathan, how reliability, it's almost off the table now this I, season. Formula 1 this season, it's yeah. reached It's reached that point. You know, we saw the Haas car go up in flames with the Ferrari motor last race. But, I mean, it's hard to remember how many DNFs just, just purely or, mechanical this or, year. Or to get to the halfway point in a season as we are and say right. how many DNFs have we had. I mean, at one point a few years ago, weren't we talking like Red Bull were like looking for their fifth power unit or something? Yeah, when the yeah. the era of this now, when we get the next generation of power units, maybe, but they are going to be, uh, you know, more electric. They're going to be almost 50-50 electric, which is, in theory, a lot more reliable, a lot less moving parts. So we, reliability may be, become less and less of a thing these days. So it certainly was yeah. today and has been most for the most part this year. Yep. And the, uh, the book, the short monograph I wrote with uh, Dan Gurney about his spa win in 1967, I'd looked the, uh, at the research and routinely race in, race out, half the field would not finish, usually yeah. for mechanical reasons. Half the field. And wasn't it one of Jackie's uh, teammates that died that really changed his view of all of it? I'm trying to think of the guy's name. I am too. I can see his face. Yeah. Killed at Watkins Glen. Jackie retired on the spot. He it did, didn't he? his 100th Grand Prix, but he said that's Sever. it. Ken Terrell pulled the team. Yeah, Francois Sever. Francois Sever. Um, Gruesome, oh. gruesome incident, um, oh. reinforcing Jackie's belief that things needed to be done. Um, yeah, tough. All part of that great Stuart story. Hey, let's go back to the well, beginning there- of the race real quick, guys, because we saw a good start from Hamilton, but we also saw a great start from uh, Verstappen. But then Piastri took advantage of that. Yeah, what was cool he? about the start was that you thought Hamilton had it because he got off the line really well. Yeah. But Verstappen chased him down, and that's the, well, I knew that, like I said, it was longer than I thought when I saw that F2 race, um, and, and, and got into a position where he got up the inside and Basically, in a in a racing okay format, pushed uh, Hamilton or forced Hamilton wide to to keep his position. I mean, in other words, Hamilton couldn't turn in on him, but he was doing it purposely to get the position. And by opening up that corner uh, and giving space on the inside, Piastri said, "Thank you very much." I'll he, take that. And he had a blinding start because he got past his teammate, and um, yeah, boom, off you go. And one guy who did not get a great start, and I'm surprised there was no accident, was uh, Zhong Guan Yu. Yeah, yeah, terrible start. They did so much great work this weekend, qualified well, both cars in the top 10, and then it all just came apart, unfortunately. They were one of of three teams, I think, that really suffered badly. Yeah, Williams also had a bad day, and regrettably, Haas also had a bad day. Yeah, Haas has been really struggling, haven't they? And, you know, we've seen some good qualifying out of Alkenberg, but, man, the race pace continues to be the struggle for them. Yeah, I think those those cars just eat their tires you know when you're when you're struggling for performance in formula one the the tempting thing to do let's say is to take it from the tires and so i think those cars are very hard on their tires looking for the last tenth of a second and that's what's but performing for them in qualifying at least for hulkenberg and what's hurting them in the race is that they just chew up their tires and have to slow down slow down slow down Mm. which is uh which is unfortunate, but something that they can remedy, and hopefully they will. Well, and the one thing that's now very apparent is that the McLaren upgrades are real. They're real, and they're going to they're going to be a force to be reckoned with here. I actually think no that's going to be a story for the second half of the season. Is uh, both Piastri and Lando Norris stepping up? And doing an yeah. Alonso uh, in terms of you know getting elbows out and being part of the front. Front group, uh, yeah, no question. They're fifth in the constructors right now, having moved into that position two weeks ago in Britain. And uh, I think they're going to continue to climb. Teams like Aston Martin, better watch out. McLaren's coming. Yeah, and I do think, I don't know if you agree, Bob, but looking at Spa, looking ahead, um, Aston Martin will bounce back. So will Williams, you know, the straight line speed, all the rest of it. Yeah. And the nature of Spa will be much more, um, you know, uh, 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 helpful to both Aston Martin and Williams's quest, perhaps even Haas. Yep, yep. It's a big power track, very fast, similar in some ways to uh, to Silverstone. Be interesting to see how many uh, teams opt to uh, to put new power units in if they have that ability under the rules, um, because it is quick. You can pass fairly easily. There's a lot of uh, good passing. Well, not a lot, but there's a few very good uh, passing spots on the track. So, yeah, uh, don't miss fun next week. By no, it's, yeah, it's always a cracker. We are going to get a break in, and when we come back, we'll continue to break down the Hungarian Grand Prix after this. As a rider, you know what you like. 
power, feel the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky. The source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing. WindingRoadRacing.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, guys, uh, we have a caller on the line. We have Billy from Kansas City. Billy, welcome to the show. What did you think of the race? Um, I thought it was a good race. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Uh, I, th- I thought it was great to see uh, McLaren. Um, I thought that, you know, they're a power team and they looked great at Silverstone, but I didn't expect them to look as good here at the Hungar Ring. Uh, you know, it's pretty much Monaco without the walls. Um, and they performed well, obviously. So that's, uh, I think that shows that the upgrades have stuck and um, they should look really good at Spa as well. I think they should continue to, I, I think you guys said, this should be really exciting for the second half of the season to see where McLaren goes. Billy, what's your, uh, what's your interest in the sport? How long have you followed Formula 1? Um, I'm really, I'd say I've been a fan since 07. Um, I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so, uh, you know, a little disappointed today. I was very excited yesterday. I thought it was, I will say, um, one thing, I watched the, uh, his post-race or post-quality interview, and it looks like he's finally feeling um, a little more uh, in tune with that car and can put in a little bit more speed into corners. Whereas before he was either uh, having his uh, his spine rattled or, um, you know, I think these new cars, they seem to be, you know, because of their size, if you don't feel the, the, the car really under you, you can't put in the full speed that you know you can in these corners. I think that Lewis could. Um, and you know, and then Max, obviously just uh, great race, great race by George too. I want to make note, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, a pretty bad, uh, quality for him. I liked the new quality rules that made it kind of, we got an interesting grid, but, uh, good by George to recover from a pretty bad quality. Uh, so I think you'd, he you'd, was, you'd like them to keep it. You'd like to keep the, the rules as they are with the new qualifying system. Um, 
I've been, you know, I've been a fan long enough to see a, a few quality rules come and go, and I think anything that's <laughs> true that, you know, I mean, they they just, uh, it, um, is it artificial? Yes, you know, I think it is artificial to force people to have to be on the same tire, but yeah, I, I think it, it. Why not have these cars? Why not have these cars and drivers for limited amounts of time? Um, go all out on the same strategy and see how it go. You know, to see how they stack up. Um, I, they're they're trying, and and this is interesting. And yeah, I, I think they. I'd like to see them stick with it. I'd like to see them try it out. Um, I think it's better than sprints. Um, ah. So yeah. You know There's what, Billy? Thanks, thanks for that because you know, we, you, yeah, exactly. You make a very good point that none of us have made, which is, is it better than the sprints? And I, I think that's worth uh, putting into the mix. There, what's worse? I think uh, the, the ATA system. Well, in terms of the conversation the about, yeah. yeah, instead of a, yeah. a sprint race, do we keep what we just saw, um, or do we go back? You know, hey, Billy, you said you've been a fan since '07. Was there something about '07? Was it just how did that happen? Lewis arrived. Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, I was a high schooler and, um, it was just, uh, I'd been, I, I knew of, I, I knew of Michael Schumacher, um, but it really, you know, and I'm, I'm a fan of, of a couple other, uh, you know, rugby and, and cricket and whatnot, but, um, it was really hard to follow. Um, it was really hard to watch. I mean, I would get, you know, and this wasn't for F1, but, you know, Satanta sports was a thing that I had to get <laughs> in order to watch some yeah. of these things. So, um, it wasn't very easy, and um, I would say at that point in time, we kind of opened it up. And I will also say uh, a little bit more interesting to see different people involved in the sport. Let's just say that. You don't sound like an Aussie. I mean, cricket, rugby, Formula <laughs> One. He's from Kansas. Irish. The, the, Irish, the Kansas. Irish grandmother. The Irish grandmother. Ah, there you go. Ah, Billy. <laughs> you were well-raised. <laughs> Go Jordan. We missed. We missed. Yeah, we missed the Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, that, yeah. He was the Gunter Steiner of his day. He was, <laughs> and he played was. drummer in the band after the show. After the race was over. Yep. Damon Hill on guitar. That's it. Billy, thanks for calling, buddy. Thanks yeah, for- thanks, man. Good point. I very interesting. Yeah, it's really good because we were we went we rambled on pretty good about you know that we didn't like what we saw yesterday. Hey, in qualifying, and, and but- I like that's why I like the, the to hear what people have to say because it's changing my view each and every time. But I I still stick, and I think Bob's the same. I think I still stick by by the artificialness of it, and he admitted that, and that's what I the more artificial. I mean, don't start me. I mean, every time they showed a replay of a DRS move in that race, you and me both raised our eyebrows and went. Is that is that a worthy replay? That's I get a tweet for you. You know that's that's like watching a soccer game where everybody pulls out of the way of Messi and he just walks into the goal. You know, um, you want to see the challenge of an overtake, and DRS is not giving me that. Not giving me that. Second. Oh well, Bob, would you agree? I, you know, one thing I we came up with during the um, race. You, you know how India are doing a double header this weekend and the push to pass. Yeah. I I always enjoy seeing the amount of seconds they've got. Because it gives you, know. you an idea of where your guy, let's say you're cheering on one particular pillow or right. Dixon or whatever, it gives you an idea of what your guy against the other guy he's racing has left in 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 the tank, as it were, uh, to yeah. do push to pass. And Dixon is my guy. Uh, I love to see how well he manages that. How about an idea of basically limiting DRS to, let's say, 10 uses or uh, 60 seconds or two minutes? So that there is a comparative, like you come out of the pits and you're in tenth place, and you're and you're George Russell, and you've got Sonoda in front of you. Well, you're faster than Sonoda, so you don't need DRS to get past him. But then you come across Perez, and you think, mm, and you use a good amount of your DRS. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm spitballing. We but what do you think? Yeah. What do you think, I'm, Bob? Sorry, I have to. I have to write to my daughter. She had a birthday yesterday, and I wasn't able to talk to her, so I'm texting now. Um, no, I agree. I'm okay. sort of half listening. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, and this whole alternate tire thing. I mean, looking at the grid, how much did it really change things? No. Who was up front? Yeah, Hamilton, Verstappen, Norris, mm. the Ferraris. Mm. Yeah, you had a couple of usurpers there um, in the uh, uh, Alfa Romeo cars uh, and the Haas. Well, I mean, the Haas. I mean, Nico Hulkenberg has been putting that car into Q3 for some time now. I don't think it changed that much. So to hail it as some kind of revolution improvement of the show i think it's i think it's a red herring i don't think it improves the show and, and uh, I, I think it restricts the show somewhat and i stand by what i said yesterday which is for the purists qualifying is it 
I, and sometimes I, I get to a race weekend and, and I care more about what happened in qualifying than I do about the result because the result, it can be so, you know, it's a lottery in many ways, uh, a race in a good way. Um, but, 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 but the pure, you know, to watch the fastest man over one lap on the same, you know, tire, tire as everybody else, I always think, yeah, sure, some have better machines than others, but but you really can. Yeah. And if you are somebody like Ricardo or Sonoda making your way either back into Formula One or up the ladder, that's where you got noticed. That's why George Russell is where he is right now. It's because we called him Mr. Saturday. And there's a reason why yeah. George Russell suddenly shone for Williams in a completely uncompetitive car. It's because he did things with it that no one else could do. Um, and right. he did it all in qualifying. In the race, he was nowhere. So I, right. I, I stand yeah. by what I said, and I also think that basically having a tire test is not the essence of qualifying in, in, in my mind. Mm. Yeah, and, and the supporters have argued that, that it, it gives the others a chance. It really doesn't. I mean, if I've got an inferior car and we're in Q1 and I'm on the hard tire, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be able to move up. I'm going out in Q1 because I can't go to a medium or a soft tire uh, to try to squeeze my way into Q2. It's why I say I think it, it restricts the show rather than enhancing it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and as we and, said before, the whole sustainability thing, we want to transport fewer tires yeah. around the world, 4,000 fewer tires. Fine. Just give everybody 11 sets of tires instead yeah. of 13 here, here. and they'll adjust. I agree. And, you know, and, and there's no, it doesn't seem like there's any thought process to the weather changing. Because mm -hmm. if you are forced to spend 15 minutes on a hard tire in qualifying and there is, you know, precipitation or it's just rained and stopped, you know, I, it just it just doesn't hold right for me. I just, you know, the changing variable yeah. weather, wind, whatever, and, and you're forced to be on a tire that you don't want to be on. Somebody yeah, on YouTube absolutely. says, what about dis uh, Interplace 55 says, what about disabling DRS for qualifying too? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, okay. I, yeah. Let's try that. Yep. Yeah. All these are reasonable. And I think you and I were sitting there talking, Jonathan, looking, thinking about how Indy's pushed past. Because, like you said, you were watch you were watching yesterday, and then you watch for the graphic. You go, yeah. okay, he's he's coming up on somebody's. You know, Newgarden's about to pass, but how much push to pass does he have left? Yeah, and so how, how have... many laps have we got left, and how much push to pass of each of the top twenty got? So DRS, you could have either the number of DRSs yep. or even the number of seconds. You could be in mid pass and run out of DRS. How exciting would that be? Very, so, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot to it. And especially when you could see a graphic of it going down or the, the amount of power you've got left on that DRS. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I do away it. with it. Just a little, just, yeah, you do DRS. <laughs> David Lawrence on YouTube says, please limit DRS in 2024. <laughs> there you go, good. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue this discussion and more. Listen to Speed City F1 back after these messages. Hey guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, Allstop Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no... Uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But Jonathan, you know why, what makes it so special, the water and the recipe? Well, yeah, I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right. And they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Alstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because, You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a, a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. 
And it's altstadtbeer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadtbeer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, Jonathan. We should get Jay Leno on the show. Uh, you know what? I have asked. I've almost had Jay Leno a couple times, but I... Really? You know, yeah, yeah. Well, I say I'll, I went back and forth with his people, but I never <laughs> succeeded. What Very are you Hollywood. smirking at over there, Green? I'm laughing. I almost had Jay Leno, <laughs> yeah. So what, you, what, were you wandering around the streets of L.A. going, hey, Jay? <laughs> his people at least were responding. They, they at least took I, my... I mean, email. Jerry Seinfeld, if I get another call from him and he leaves another silly joke on my answer machine... Well, where are they all? I'm... <laughs> okay, so I was going to ask you about what else you saw from today. Yeah, you know, you know, Bob, Bob brought a good, good point. You and I are sitting in the studio, and we started complaining because it wasn't exciting. But, <sighs> but we all know that if you can get sit down and concentrate on what's happening during the race, there's always good oh, stories yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. No, we we love excitement. We love we we always love a, a knife edge finish and also a, a real good human battle um, for for position. And that you know that really didn't evolve greatly in that race. That's all. Um, you know, and Hungary is famous for being the place where you can't overtake, and it's all done in the pit lane. I mean, that's the first thing. You know, one oh one. They had those kids uh, uh, in the booth in, in, in Sky Sports. And, you know, if, if they just said to me, hey, what's the, what's the first thing I should learn about Hungary? It's like, okay, watch the strategy. Look <laughs> at the strategy because most of what you will see will happen in the pit lane. And if there's a surprise, it will be because somebody's undercut or overcut, whatever. Okay, well, I'm laughing because there's this tweet that um, <laughs> our producer, Casey's. I think he's taking a phone call, but... I'm going to get him to play it for the for people watching on YouTube. But Lando, I'll, I'll describe it for you because Lando Norris is on the podium, right? And if you saw last week in Britain, he took the sh- the big Magnum champagne bottle and he grabs it and he slams it down on the podium so it shoots up and it gets the spray going. Well, he does that he right it. next to Max's championship, champion, oh, no. you know, race-winning trophy no. and knocks it off the stage and it rolls off the stage. He glances back. So I don't know if it's broken or not, but um, yeah. <laughs> Max, has his, Max has his back Bourdais to him, when, so he can't see yeah. what's happening. That's funny. In fact, I remember when Sebastian Bourdais won the Long Beach Grand Prix IndyCar race and got the trophy, which was this huge glass thing, but it was two pieces. It was a top and a bottom, like an urn with a lid. And he picked it up and held it kind of sideways, and the top went... <laughs> uh, and he looked around. The look on his face was priceless. Well, It happens. If you could see this, I mean, it it rolls completely off the podium top step down a couple. Here we go. We got it playing now, and I don't I don't know if it's broken, but hopefully they they have uh they have the manufacturer standing by to, to repair it or give him a new one because it's clearly going to wow. be a little worse for wear for sure. That was a heck of a geyser of champagne too. <laughs> yeah, which but- everybody does now. I don't know who figured out that if you take the top off a champagne bottle and smack it on the ground, you know, the bubbly goes everywhere. The Formula E guys do it all the time now. And it's, 
pretty spectacular. <laughs> David Lawrence says, thanks, Linda, for give us, giving us something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Andy P, it needs some glue. Oh. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, Max Verstappen, and I'm looking at some of uh, virtual Statman's uh, stats here on the race. Uh, and if you doubt Verstappen's place in history, um, among other things, he's the fifth driver to win seven consecutive races following Alberto Ascari, Michael Schumacher, Sebastian Vettel, and Nico Rosberg. Wow. The elite company. Verstappen's 24th race win since the start of 2022, tying Juan Manuel Fangio's career total and just one behind the career totals of Jim Clark and Nicky Lauda. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it really is. Um, Verstappen's 30th consecutive classified finish breaks Daniel Ricardo's Red Bull team record. Uh, career win number 44, led start to finish for the 11th time in his career today, tying Sir Jackie Stewart and Michael Schumacher. I mean, listen to those names. Wow. What, what Verstappen is, is accomplishing with Red Bull is extraordinary. Bob, I, I hate to interrupt you. I have some breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> breaking news. I get it. Ding, ding. The, the trophy is Straight out of your Jonathan Green top draw dad joke. <laughs> the trophy is in pieces. They've, we've got it all. It's, it's broken. <laughs> it's broken. And that truly is breaking. You've got an arm load. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll let myself. It's a great shot. Verstappen looking at Lando as though to say, thanks, man. <laughs> I think I see a smirk. <laughs> oh, that is well. Funny. There's a new job for somebody in Formula One. You're the you're the trophy retriever before the guys start all their champagne spraying. <laughs> Run up there and grab that sucker. Uh, it and if you see oh, it, I'm, I'm seeing it up close now. It is ceramic, so there's no yeah. doubt that I, it, I can I can see the jokes now. Did he earn it? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have Breaking the jokes, news. but they're staying in here, right? Okay. <laughs> Topped it off well. well. Okay. <laughs> okay. Andy P's now taking us. His Outlab podcast is retweeting the, the broken trophy. Uh, Andy uh, P, you see, I'm, I'm following you too close because you're you're coming up in my feed here on Twitter. That's uh, too funny. Okay. Who got fast lap now? today? I don't even know. Who, uh, who was happened? fast lap? He killed it. Oh, great. 26 points. Yeah, as so far as I, as oh, far yeah, as I can remember, it. fastest lap was definitely 120-something. It was way ahead. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, he just demolished everybody. And, and, and then he went on the radio and complained about the marbles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we do have a caller. We have... Come on, bring him on. I think this is the gentleman who's called yesterday, and I'm glad he called because he was great yesterday. We have, uh, we have John from New Jersey. We've had a John and a Bob. Make this as confusing as possible. But John from mm -hmm. New Jersey. Hey, John, how's it going, buddy? Hey, good morning. Good morning. It was a, it was, a, it was an interesting race. Uh, I, listen, it's a Formula One race. It's the epitome of of world's racing. So yeah, it's good even if it's quote unquote boring. So I, I enjoyed it from beginning to end. Uh, for my two, that's my two cents. Good. But I good. do have a question, and and I, I wish you could speak to it. And I've always had this question for a long time. Oh, by the way, Bob, I'm a I'm a big Jackie Stewart fan to this day. I respect the man for his accomplishments, and uh, thanks for the insight on I didn't know about his inside struggles with dyslexia. So thanks. That's good information. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, having said that, listen, on the tire manufacturers, I know we're on Pirelli's now, and I got to admit, on my family car, my wife's car, I went and bought a set of new Pirelli's, and, and I got to say some of it was influenced because what I watched on, on Sundays with F1. But having said that, I remember when we were on Michelin. How, how, how do we? How do the manufacturers switch like this, and who determines that? Well, um, this, uh, Bob, do you want to take it? Or yeah, he asked Bob. So well, <laughs> it's it's done by a tender process, and your question is well timed because Pirelli's uh, exclusive rights to provide Formula One tires is coming to an end under the current contract, and they're going to the FIA. That is, is going to reopen the tender process, and Michelin says they want to bid for it. So we may see a change, but it, yeah, it's purely a contractual thing, and uh, you make a bid for it. And the only point I would add is the reason why it is only one manufacturer is we did have a time uh, both in two wheels and four wheels where competition was was kind of welcomed and you had Bridgestone and you had Michelin and you had uh, Pirelli. Uh, but, of course, as you can imagine, then it became a tyre war uh, and oh. now uh, – and that led to – basically costs rising for testing and, and, and right. development and so on and so forth. So I don't think it would happen in this current era where we're trying to be more sustainable and more, um, 
you know, uh, careful with our spending. You know, we have a cost cap for Formula One. So if we had a tyre war now where Michelin tried to outdo yeah. the Pirelli, et cetera, et cetera, and then that leads also to running on, on fumes when it comes to a tyre, i.e. you take it to the last inth, you know, of its, of its life, whereas yeah. you could control these tyres now, and Pirelli know exactly, pretty much, uh, how many right. laps um, their soft tyre will give you optimally and how you know how quickly it will degrade. In fact, we get if you go on f1.com, you can tell it'll give you a graphic that says the medium is 0.3 slower than the soft, mm -hmm. and, the, and the hard is 0.8 slower than the soft, right. and so on. So, in that respect, it, you know, it has a reason, and Pirelli can control that environment. And I think that is important in modern racing. I just want to add that. Yes, there's also the safety factor. If the tire companies are going to that nth degree Jonathan described, there's a chance they may cross a line yeah. and, and come up with an unsafe tire. And there's also the contractual matter with the teams. When you have multiple tire suppliers, they pick and choose their teams. And everybody remember, well, maybe not everybody, but 2005 at Indianapolis yes. in the U.S. Grand Prix, one of us held there. Three teams were on Bridgestones. The rest of the field was on Michelins. The Michelins came into question unfairly, I think, but that's another story entirely. And the result was all the Michelin cars pulled off the track on the formation lap, mm. and we had a Grand Prix with six cars in it. Yep. So mm. that's what and, can go wrong. Hey, I want to ask Great. John on the caller, John, about you said you switched from Michelin to Pirelli. I you know, for road cars, all the magazines and my personal experience has been I like on my cars, Michelin is what I go with. And I, I've tried, you know, a handful of others and regretted it every time and gone back to Michelin. And what did you think when you switched, John? It's too soon to tell. I'm only two weeks into the tires and my wife says she loves the feel. Now we're going from a tire um, um, that came with the vehicle. So, you know, it only had a, a short, relatively short life firestones. They were, and, and they were okay. They were okay. Uh, uh, but she, she likes to ride. She said she could tell a difference and whether it's psychological or it's true. I, I, I feel a, a, a more surety under me, but it's a brand new tire. It's, it's kind yeah, of, you know, yeah. the degradation on the other one. Uh, I, it's too soon for me to tell. Uh, I'll tell you in, in maybe 10,000 miles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say one thing. You know, I always call Formula One the test tube for the rest of us. I, it's, it's the testing ground. Uh, and tyre technology, we can be thankful to Formula One and other forms of motorsport. Yep. But having visited the Pirelli factory in Milan, um, you know, there's no question that you know, the Michelins or, or the Firestones or the Pirellis you've got are all so good at lasting so long and giving you the comfort and safety that knowing that your daughter or your wife or whoever is out there in their car, they have supreme technology at their um, at their behest underneath them, as it were, and that's all developed in, in racing. Yeah, that's the oh, trickle-down. Yeah, there's nothing quite like the feel of a new set of shoes on your streetcar. Uh, that is so true, magic. Bob. True. Yeah, that's a fact. Hey, uh, well, John, Jonathan, and, and Bob, thank you. No Appreciate problem. You, gentlemen. Thanks, thank John. You, Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Do we have some kind of female filter on our call? Where are all the girls? Yeah, yeah come on, girls. Have an opinion? <laughs> yeah. Ring us up. <laughs> yeah, ladies, come on. All right, well, let's, we do have a caller on the line, but let's get a quick break in, and then we're going to go to Bryn in Illinois. Ah, good man. All right, stick with us through the break. We'll be right back. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters. VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at Velocity underscore RD. Hi guys, this is Craig Astley and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. I said we'd go to a caller and we're going to go straight out to Bryn in Illinois. Hi Bryn, how are you? 
Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, gutted, actually. Sorry for Lewis's start, but I guess that's uh, Max all, all over on the start again. But I thought he would have put a better race than what he did, actually. I know he thought he got back in the end, but he dropped so far back at the start of the race. Um, he made it impossible then to, to get any higher than fourth, I think. But, yeah, it's uh, ironic, isn't it? Because he's known as the best starter out there. I mean, even better than Max. Yeah, I know. It's I don't know what happened, actually. I don't know if it's something they can work out with the telemetry afterwards. But, yeah, it was good to... Uh, I was really looking forward to, a, you know, somebody that could challenge Max this tri- this time around. But it wasn't to be, unfortunately. But Perez did well to get to third. And, uh, yeah, Lando breaking a trophy. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was fantastic. Of all the people, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, Max la- had his back to him, la- so he couldn't see it when it was happening. I'm sure he turned around and was like, what the heck happened? What did you do? Yeah, I think uh, Lando, because Lando's always moaning about Max, so that's his payback, I think, having a smashing time. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. He's having a smashing time. See, that's good Welsh there. He's having a smashing time. <laughs> a smashing time in the boyo. In the boyo. Yeah, you sound like you're from, you're far eastern Illinois. Is that it, Bryn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, how, like, Bryn, we, we, we asked our last call of this. How, when did you, I mean, obviously, growing up, but what's your, what was your instigation into, into F1 rather than any other sport? Well, I raced a kart um, ah. 30, 40 years ago. Um, I, I was in the Britain class, just a single engine. Then I went up to the 250, but the national, not the international, just a single engine. Um, and everybody said, if you go around Donington, this is the second quickest to a Formula One. So that got me into following Formula One. Uh, that was uh, 30, 40 years ago now, a long time ago, but when Jackie Stewart was in his heyday, I guess. Yeah, and I tell you what, if you've never driven a kart, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you don't have to be a Formula One driver to experience what it feels like uh, to be going fast. When you're that low, you're going as fast well, as you want to be. <laughs> that low and that exposed. Yeah, and the, and, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Bryn. Yeah, in the 250, uh, when we were doing the long circuits down in West Wales in Pembrey, yeah, uh, my buddy's really good with the calculator. He reckons we had an inch up the floor, and we were doing 140 mile an hour, which felt really? a lot quicker because you're only an inch up the floor. I know that is huge. Right, and people don't realise how fast those carts can go. 140. Yeah, unbelievable. They used to hold. Maybe they still do a supercart weekend during the Christmas holidays at Daytona on the big track, Daytona International Speedway, and those guys would exceed. 190 miles an hour. What? In a wow. cart. In a cart? That's yeah. nuts. Check it out. Jeez. That is That's nuts. funny. I got, a, I got a text from my cousin Jeff. You probably never met him, but he's uh, up in Kansas City area. And he's older than me. And he sent me this video of this little little cart like that, right? Like just two inches off the ground. And I was like, I, I wonder who it is. And I zoomed in and froze it. And it's him. Like, And he's wearing shorts and like flip-flops. Like, what are you doing? He was going <laughs> like 60 miles an hour. And he's older than me. I was like, okay, dude. You are uh, you are are braver than I, because he was just zipping around a parking parking lot. Well, Bryn, have a good Sunday. Hey, thanks for getting me on as always. We were watching the uh, the Jackie Stewart thing, and they showed Spa from 1969 oh, or something. The more I'm seeing Bob, the more I'm thinking you are going to love this. Yeah, mm. you really are, Jonathan. You had another story you want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I just want to introduce you to a young man who sort of popped up on the international uh, field. Although that those in the know will know his name well, Max. Esterson has re, uh, has uh, basically done his second outing. He went and made his debut at uh, Silverstone, and he raced again in FIF3 uh, this weekend. He's from the US of A. Um, but interestingly enough, when you look at his record, um, our good friend um, uh, Jeremy Shaw will know him well because he was the Walter Hayes Trophy. Uh, he was in the Walter Hayes Trophy in 22 and he won mm-hmm. it in 21. Um, and so, you know, that's what Jeremy does. And, Bob, you, you, you're well aware of this scholarship. Yes. Um, but Max yep. Esterson, a name that we should start thinking about uh, for the future. Absolutely. Along there with, um, mm-hmm. And where did you say Crawford. he's from? He's, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, whereabouts in the States? I'm not sure. I'll, I'll have a check. Isn't, isn't Esterson the guy who is from New York City? Yeah, that, that's yeah. starting to ring. Let me, let me check it out. That always, yeah. that always affected me. When I see a good racer, great racer from New York City, I think, well, not exactly the mecca of high-speed driving, but you know, <laughs> maybe he drives a taxi or something. Right? <laughs> yeah. those, guys, those guys are plum crazy. Mm. But uh, let's not leave the point without saying what Jeremy Shaw has done for ah, decades now with this Unbelievable. USA scholarship program to take two or three 
every young American drivers who show promise. First, they have to go through a rigorous selection process, and then they have the support of a number of longtime motor racing uh, entities, people, companies, what have you, to uh, to go race at Walter Hayes. A couple of different uh, uh, junior races over uh, in the UK. Uh, it's a great experience. They they talk about it all the time, and Jeremy deserves a lot of kudos for making it happen year after year after year. And for those of us, even though it's getting on for me. But uh, he is from New York, said he's 20. But for those of us who think, oh, I could never afford to go motor racing, uh, there is an alternative. And and Max is a good example. Esterson started his sim racing career on iRacing, and I've just signed up for iRacing, at the age of 11. And in 2020, he became the champion of the Formula Race Promotions iRacing Challenge. And the rest, as they say, is history. Hey, have you seen the new movie coming out? Yeah, on Gran Turismo. With, yeah. with Jan Maldenborough. Yeah. As, the, as you know, based around his... A Welshman, no less. A Welshman? Yes. Did I do that even close? No, I, I, I thought you were about to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you got something stuck yeah, in your throat. That was good. He's had quite a good career as you Well, and, and the story... Yeah, he has. If you don't know the story, is that he, he had this PlayStation contest. Yeah. Where you... They, they had comp- everybody competing all over the world in your computer... And, and then and they playing took, PlayStation, basically. playing PlayStation, and if uh, you know racing, and Jan Maldorero won that, and they put him in a race car, and this was years ago, like a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. But he there's was, a movie. Yeah, Nissan. Yeah. Nissan uh, sponsored the program. That's yep. right. And put uh, mm-hmm. it was gosh, it was several young drivers. Then they scattered him through their various motorsports activities around the world, racing GT cars or open wheel cars or whatever here, there, and the other place. And uh, yeah, Jan Maldorero came through uh, and, and now has had a long career. Yeah, and I got to, uh, I had two wonderful moments with Jan in that uh, I was there when he drove his first ever car, uh, the Toyota Racing Series down in New Zealand, and he did very well. But then I, I was at a GT race in Japan and um, he, he was then in Super Formula and in Super GT. And that weekend he was uh, in Super Formula and I, I was, you know, I kind of, I, we, we were doing a GT race that I was covering, but I knew he was on the board. So I wanted to go and see him because I knew him from, from Toyota. And so there he was, I walked into the pit and he was at the back of the pit having a massage. And I looked at him and I went, not bad for a boy from Wales getting a massage. I said, you are living the dream. And he just, he sat up, stopped the massage and went, oh, I know it's great, isn't it? <laughs> I have, I have a Jan Maldenbrill story. Go ahead. So when this was happening, and they, they came to Coda, and they were doing some, I, I don't know, I put him in a car so he could get ready for the Silverstones where he made his debut. Yeah. So I got an email from Nissan, and they said, would you like to come and cover this event? And I was like, yeah, I, I'll see if I can work it in the schedule. And the guy emailed me back. He said, if you come out, we'll put you in a Nissan GTR. Whoa. And let me drive around Ooh. Coda. So I came, I immediately replied, said, yes, I'll be there shortly. And I go out. <laughs> And they put me yeah. in a Nissan GTR Track Edition. Gosh! So with a with a professional driver, they do a couple laps with him at the wheel, and then they put me behind the wheel. So stabilizer wheels on the outside. <laughs> I needed them, <laughs> but uh, but yes, they let me drive this Nissan GTR Track Edition, and that was the first time I went zero to sixty, and I think it was right about two seconds flat. Wow! And uh, I got to go around Coda, and I saw one sixty five on the back straight in that Nissan. Oh, and by the way, mm-hmm. I did interview Jan Maldenborough, I think. Yeah, that's a footnote. <laughs> yeah, footnote. Yeah. That's not and, really uh, a Jan Maldenborough story, though, is it, uh, John? He was yeah, there. Well. He was. <laughs> it, may be, it may be worth noting, Jan Maldenborough is now 31 years old. He beat wow. 90,000 entries that's right. to win that GT Academy. I mean, think about that. And he's still and racing in Japan, perhaps, yeah. Yes, he's still racing. And those series you mentioned, Super GT and Super Formula, are the highest levels of Japanese oh, yeah. racing. Yep. Uh, it's very, very cutthroat. Great drivers have come through there. Eddie Irvine, um, the list goes on and on of Europeans who go there and do very, very Gasly. well. Gasly. Uh, James Award is another one. Pierre Gasly, yep. Uh, Currently Lawson. Andre Lotterer. Yep. Won about everything there was to win over there. Richard Lyons um, made a career out of it. Um, he's now oh, yeah. driver coach. The they made great money. Um, they have quite active social life. And I think it was, um, it's worth noting that Jan Mardenbrough is a driver of color. Yeah. Yeah. All the yeah. attention goes to Lewis Hamilton, but mm-hmm. Jan Mardenbrough also has. Where is a, he from? 
He's from Wales. I mean, a real. Apparently, yeah, his dad was a semi-professional football player, uh, and he grew up literally playing in his bedroom. He never got a chance to go near a racetrack. They didn't have anywhere near the money. Uh, a semi-professional football player, soccer player in England makes next right, to at, nothing. We're out of time, boys and girls. All right. Uh, thanks everybody right. for tuning in, and of course, next week's spa. spa. So uh, go to our website, yeah, speedcitybroadcast.com. You can find out all the information about everything. Check us out on social media, all the usual stuff. And we will talk to you next Sunday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.